Back to Rivals of the East, everybody. I'm your host, Buzz, with co-host Sean. And uh, Sean, we got a very special episode here today, my friend. If you mean special, it's like uh, unwrapping a, a McDonald's McChicken because there's mayonnaise all over the wrapper. But <laughs> nevertheless, well, nevertheless, um, dude, we this is an episode I've actually been looking forward to. I put a lot of time into this, and uh, we've talked about this for a while over the last season. We're talking uh, quite a controversial hot button issue here. We're talking Tua versus Mac today. Now, uh, Mac has only had one professional season under his belt. He just completed his rookie season in 2021 with the Patriots. Tua uh, just finished up his second season with the Dolphins in 2021. And we're going to look today and kind of just go, it's not really, we're not going to say, you know, we're not going to be competing and say, well, look at Mac's stats and this, look at Tua's stats and that, just to right. say who's the better quarterback. It's really just to say, who is each guy? And that's really what I, I hope that people who listen to this kind of get a feel for this see. We're going to really dive into some things as far as statistics go, as far as contrast to those statistics, where offensive lines rank, college records even, going back as far as Alabama time for Tua and Mac. And we're going to get a, a good idea and an indication as far as what maybe we could project based off of what we found for the 2022 season and just see exactly who each guy is going to be, at least to the best of our ability here. We've called a lot of things, Sean. I think this is also going to be on the list as far as what we call for each of these players. But when you, when I first talked to you about this episode and you looked at Mac, give me one word that describes Mac Jones to you. Decisive. That would be it. What is it that brought you to decisive? So when it comes to decisiveness, um, I think Mac Jones even showed that from the day he started camp. Um, Even before that, I would say even his college career, his small little stint, because it was only a few games in uh, 2019. And then he actually played 13 in 2020. And I think leading up into the NFL, even with, um, you know, the, the small sample size he gave us, he's, high completion percentage, um, his ability to uh, command the offense and to make that read and deliver the ball, whether it's, you know, short, fast, overthrown. He knows where he's putting the ball. Does he like it? Nope, but he knows he's going to put it there. So when you look back at uh, Alabama, good old Nick Saban, uh, may he rest in hell. If you, I'm still a little bitter about 2006. But if you can go back and look at Alabama here, uh, is there anything that particularly shocked you? Like, wow, I didn't know about that. Looking further into that, anything that stood out to you about Mac Jones in college? Actually, I would actually have to say it was his statistics when he came into uh, running. When I actually looked at his 40 yard at his three different times that he ran on his pro day and in the actual draft, (laughs) that actually kind of had me, uh, you know, take back and uh, think about it for a second. I was like, you know, he's only 0.10 clocks slower than running than Russell Wilson. I, I really didn't take him for a guy that had athleticism, especially in his rookie year. I didn't really see that. 
Um, it looked like he struggled with his pocket presence a little bit at times, but knowing the fact that if I guess he had to run, he does have some wheels behind him. Uh, that would be the biggest thing, because outside of that, I think what I saw in college is exactly what I see in the NFL. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to say for Tua, the one word I would use to describe him, complicated. Um, yeah. The reason I say complicated is because it's a very weird situation here. So obviously with uh, Miami fans, there seems to be what's called much like the Bluebell ice cream flavor. I love the great divide <laughs> and you have one side. It's, it's from talking heads and analysts and over at ESPN and NFL network and other places to your message boards and online presence and community in the dolphins community. Uh, you got people that are very big detractors of Tua and people that are blindlessly faithful to Tua. Mm-hmm. Um, for all intents and purposes, they've got their camps. I find myself more in the middle than anything. There's been times where I've said, wow, you know, I'm so glad that he was able to lead us into those positions in the 2021 season, going back and, you know, having some good games that he did and put us in positions to win, even if he didn't have like lighting up the stat board, like in the last Just- game against New England. Just an example of that, actually, that you're saying that I do recall there were some uh, bits and pieces that I, I I could tell you were conflicted is he, there was partial evidence that we saw that he was struggling early in the season. And yeah. then when we saw in the Ravens game that um when they really took advantage and uh, they really gave it to the Ravens, um, even to as that, you know, he was able to complete some of those deep passes. I do know you being like. I don't know how this is going. And then it was like, you got those bits and pieces where you saw him completing deep passes. And it, it was like, you're like, I'll take it. But I I don't know if that's going to happen consistently. And I'll dive into that too, as far as, um, Hopefully, you know, because obviously new head coach, new assistants being put into place that's supposed to play mm-hmm. into two as bread and butter as it was per his Alabama days or to what the goal was supposed to be with the RPO offense under Brian right. Flores when he was the head coach. But interesting statistics for that. But I would say with Tua, it's it's very bizarre because I just feel he's very hot and cold. You've got, and this is where the great divide comes in, right? So you've got the detractors that say, well, that's because he's just not a good quarterback. He just doesn't have it. And then you've got the other side that says like, well, the weather was different that day. You know, it's all the head coach's fault. It's all the offensive staff's fault. So that's the other players' faults, you know. So you've got both ends of the spectrum there. But to me, what I saw was I saw a guy who came off a really bad hip injury in his college career, came into the draft, got picked fifth overall, got sandwiched between two really tough picks and Joe Burrow, who's already been to a Super Bowl with the Bengals. And Justin Herbert, who looks to be an absolute stud at a top 10 quarterback, hands down, peeking into that top five range. So it's the expectations are very high. I had expectations for him as well. And he was on my draft board in the 2020 draft. I was so glad when we did draft him fifth overall. As we dive in here, I'm going to kick it back to you here in a second, Sean. But I want to say that when it comes to Tua, this whole purpose here is to see what can he do in a 49ers Mike McDaniel style offense. That's what we're going to hopefully come to a conclusion with. The stats that we have are under a Brian Flores and right. Chan Gailey slash Chad O'Shea slash, you know, whoever else was offensive yeah. coordinator. Which, which honestly, it's all AFC East, different uh, offensive right. scheme type kind of approaches because what is it? Uh, the three different coordinators. What is it? Chan Gailey, you said? Yeah, like, Chad O'Shea, Chan yeah. Gailey. Chad we also O'Shea. Had- 
Patriots, Bills, yep. and then it, it, it's just it's all Bills and then Patriots. Yeah, that's pretty that's much exactly what it is. Pretty much. Um, so um, but I'm going to kick it back to you, Sean. So talk about Mac Jones. Give me a rundown here. Let's talk 2021 season. Now, we know we'll talk a little bit about college stats here in a few minutes, but 2021 season. What did you find out about Mac Jones as far as how did he handle a couple of big things here? Obviously, Bill's a, a big kind of pressure guy. Like, can this guy be a leader in tough situations? Can he perform when other people can he elevate the team around him? When you look at his stats and you watch the game, you watch the film, what did you find as far as where Mac Jones at, uh, as far as a leader, as far as being that guy to step into some pretty big friggin' shoes of Tom Brady's here? So he, here's a really big thing that actually kind of stood out to me is, um, you know, when you think about the typical Patriots offense, what would you call that? Probably um, intermediate, short passing, uh, methodical, Dink kind of dunk. break down the defense, let the receivers kind of make the moves. Right. Um, you know, move the chains, you know, keep the offense on the field, wear down the defense. <laughs> what if I told you Mac Jones completed nearly every single deep pass identical to Josh Allen's stats? So when really? we're looking at his deep ball movement, Josh Allen had 30 more attempts. And when we're talking about deep passing, this is 10 yards and plus. Josh Allen had 30 more attempts deep passing. Josh Allen completed 51, 20 yards. Mac Jones completed 52. Really? So when you even look at 30 plus, Josh Allen had three more being 16 completed. And when it comes to 40, he only had two more than Mac Jones. So like that, that really like kind of struck to me because I was like, you know, you don't, you don't really think about that. But when you look in the stretch, there were a lot of bad adversaries the Patriots had that they took advantage of. Uh, the Jacksonville game, that's God, an the excellent Jets, example. Jaguars. The Jets, they completely thumped. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, we're both fans of our teams, but we also have to criticize and look at it objectively. And it, it's exactly what the Patriots did, and that's what kind of made them very frustrating, is bad teams, they beat the shit out of, like, right. not just... You know, they, they gave it to them. They beat the shit out of them. But when it came to, like, tough opponents, they, they kind of shriveled at times. And the most interesting point I was getting around to, Mac Jones was the third most blitzed quarterback in the entire league. Third most. So th this is interesting for two different points. One, the obvious. He's a rookie. You know, th this is what you want to do is you want to test. You want to see their mental. You want to see how they're going to, you know, kind of make that decision making process. This is smart on any defenses like, you know, mindset is it's what you do. You know, you don't want him to sit back there and kind of, you know, gain confidence. You want to beat it out of him real quick. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay. Because New England had a top 10 offensive line PFF's final rating for <laughs> season of 2021. Okay. New England ranked ninth. They were down only one spot from the 2020 season. I'm going to give you some stats real quick. So Isaiah went, these are PFF grades that finished for the right. season. Isaiah went was a 74.5. Not that Harris. I'm a huge fan of PFF, by the way. Sure, sure. But just to give some context here, 74.5 for Wynn. Carras right. had 73. David Andrews, 77.5. Shaq Mason, God rest his soul, he's not there anymore, 86.3. Trent Brown, 78.3. You guys had a top 10 offensive line, and he still um, 
you know, it's comparable to the Bills to give a little more context to the Josh Allen comparison. Having a top 10 offensive line and still being blitzed that much, do you attribute more that Mac Jones took advantage of blitzing more, like he was being smarter in his playing, or do you attribute it to the line making more necessary stepping up moments to kind of help him with that? So, um, you know, like however I was just kind of saying, like, you know, we'd like to do this objectively. Um, I like to do the eye test. I don't typically, especially when it comes to offensive line play, there is no tangible evidence outside of amount of blitzes, pressures given, and then the plays that the quarterback makes after. Not always one leads to the other, but the eye test will tell you they weren't good. And I don't give a crap what any statistic tells you. You doubt PFF. The Patriots were terrible, and and they were very suspect. And the biggest points, I think they were suspect at the two most important positions. That's tackle. Um, I thought Isaiah Wynn at times was solid and at times was terrible. And Trent Brown, he missed early on. I think it was the first four games of the season. So I kind of give them a pass on that. But you were saying, you know, what what do I attribute that kind of information with? Um, It's somewhere in the middle. I like to say the latter. I like to say, you know, sometimes taking the underneath, you know, the third, fourth read, which Mac Jones did a lot. And he was able to, you know, throw the ball underneath and he gave it to, you know, Damian Harris and, you know, the dink and dunk offense that we're Hunter very Henry. familiar with. Yeah. And, you know, Hunter Henry, he only had one dropped catchable ball the entire league. But, you know, when, yeah, who's counting those, you know, pay him, but um, got to catch it. Mac Jones, I think he knew where he needed to get the ball. And despite being pressured, sometimes it did make him because there were there were times that uh players made catches that I wouldn't I wouldn't do that again I wouldn't take that shot again so it's somewhere in the middle somewhere in the middle gotcha so he's he's the third most blitz quarterback in the NFL keep talking to me a little bit about as far as how did he perform under pressure Sean so performing under pressure uh being just blitzed he completed 2,239 yards okay there's Quite a lot of quarterbacks that actually were in that range. Um, Dak Prescott, 2,600. Josh Allen had 2,900. You know, it's obvious. You know, he he's a very high-low quarterback. Uh, you know, that guy, Tom Brady. You know, people like to blitz Tom Brady. Got 3,000 yards, so. Oh. Yeah, real shocker. Um, Justin Herbert, you know, th- th- it's all in the range. You know, the only guy that really doesn't look like he's suited well that's in the top 10 was actually our favorite guy, you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill. But, you know, you know. it's his year this year. Yeah. He's going to break out. <laughs> Who's counting? It, it it really is interesting, though. Um, Mac Jones, he he didn't, you know, he didn't wow you. He he didn't do anything crazy. Nothing like I, I, I actually look at it like really shocks me. But the fact that he's even in the top 10 and just like yards per attempt completed, like uh, like that says a lot. Maybe that says a lot more about the receivers. You know, that's kind of hard to differentiate because, you know, the, the guy pushing his glasses up to the bridge of his nose telling me right now, well, you can calculate that based off yards per traveled pass. And I'll be like, OK, <laughs> OK. Um, when you're in shot, when you're in shotgun, you know, 45% more than the other team that does kind of change that. <laughs> it's, 
Interesting point, too. He was sacked 28 times for a loss of 241 yards. Yep. That's a lot of shotgun going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to open up the playbook to be more single back, eye formation, a little closer to the line of scrimmage this year? I think you're going to get a mix of it. Um, it all depends on what the formation they're going to see at the line. Uh, what the Patriots traditionally like to do is either have that fullback, a tight end, and have the two wide receivers out wide. Um, sometimes they go multiple with the running backs. They like to keep the idea. What they call it is, is uh, what is it? The, um, what is it? That is single back ace formation they like yep. to do. They like to make it seem that it could potentially be a rushing formation or a play action slash outside pass. But, you know, breaking out next and no, you know, I, I, I just, I manage for a living. I don't coach football, but from my understanding, they're going to keep that way. They're going to keep the Josh McDaniels offenses. Maybe not, you know, the nuances to the point where Tom Brady had, but it, it's going to be there. It's Joe Judgment Day in New England. Ugh, Matt Patricia. Um, <laughs> I will say uh, just a little will, more hey, information will. for people out there. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard a good comment from, uh, <laughs> what is it, Patriots Unfiltered. I was listening to them when they were watching minicamp. Yeah. He, he said it looks like Matt Patricia on the sideline. Um, you know, he's reading it out, and then it's being called in to the quarterback's helmet, and he's leaning to his right when he it looks like he's holding a walkie-talkie. And uh, he snarkily made a comment, Paul Perillo, and he said, uh, you know, who knows? It could be a Klondike bar, but <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, do you think we'll see any quarterback sneaks on third and nine or long oh, yardage situations? <laughs> Save the embarrassment. I'll, I'll leave that for Tom Brady. That, that guy trade he, for he Daniel slips. Jones. Yeah. But, okay. Um, so I'm going to give you a little context as well here. Talk about Tua and some of these situations. So uh, Tua was sacked. Um, since we we're talking about that most recently, and I'll work backwards here, Tua was sacked 20 times in 13 games compared to mm -hmm. Mac Jones 28 um, and 17 games. Tua had a loss yardage of 152. So, what does that tell you? What that says is that pressure came quick, pressure came fast. He got sacked. There wasn't a lot of times where he had a lot of dropbacks. He was more so towards the line of scrimmage, RPO offensive style like that. You're not as far back. You're a little closer to the line. So you can decide if you can make those quick reads first, second, third, or first only if it's a design play. Are you going to run it? Are you going to throw it? I want to read um, some interesting information here as far as uh, when it comes to the offensive line for Miami. This might shock you. Uh, they rank 32nd in the NFL for PFF, okay, for continuity source here. Here were our PFF final grades for the offensive line that Miami had. Left tackle Liam Eikenberg finished with a 50.7. Our first-round pick, our second first-round pick in 2020 draft, Austin Jackson, with an astronomical 49.9. Yeah, your favorite player, I hear. Yes, uh, Michael Austin Jackson. Because uh, he needs to beat it. Ha, ha, ha. All right. So Michael Dieter, 60.6, <laughs> who was our starting center till we picked up a guard and moved him to center who took his job. Robert Hunt. This was a small little bright spot. This is why I mentioned our last podcast, which you can get on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, etc. Don't do it. Uh, 
Robert Hunt, 67.4, respectable, you know. He was a second-round pick for us in 2020. He's developing pretty well. Jesse Davis, uh, as I like to call, cancer. Jesse Davis, 52.5. His ass was released this offseason. God bless you, Jesse. Don't come back. Really terrible offensive line. If you were wondering, God, who coached up such a great offensive line? Don't worry. He's still there. He's just bumped down to assistant line coach now. So really good decision there. Uh, for any apologists who are saying, well, maybe he just was you know, too much too soon. Uh-uh, Got to go. Sorry. Let's take a look a little bit further now that we have some context of just how much of a heaping pile of trash the offensive line was. They gave up the most pressures in the NFL, over 245 pressures in the NFL. There's a lot of pressures they gave up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pressures. Now, here's the interesting part. And I want to talk a little bit. This is where we can start to compare a little bit with Tua and Mac. If we look at Tua, Sports Track has a, a little bit of statistics here that we're using. So sack percentage, okay? Tua was at a 5.2% for sack percentage in a 13-game stretch, okay? Mac Jones, 5.4% in a 17-game stretch. Mac Jones had a higher sack percentage then Tua had a sack percentage here. We had skewed a little bit, but I want to say one thing you talk about eye tests. Mac Jones, sometimes he held on to the ball a little too long in certain situations. And to me, I think that's something that he's probably trying to correct for this coming season. But I can go back to watch some of the Bills games. Um, I can go back to watch, in particular, I think it was the Bucks game. The first half of the Bucks game, uh, when they played Tom Brady and he set the record in Foxborough and they stopped the game, you know, to move the change, gave him a first down and they took it away, that whole thing. I think to me, Tua gets the ball out faster. His line is just obviously worse than New England's. Mac has got something that's correctable. Um, he's just got to work on it a little bit. Would you agree with that assessment, Sean? Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. Um, a lot of it, I probably uh attribute i mean what is it it's a rookie of, season outside of uh who jacoby myers and that whole like receiving scheme outside you of doubt johnny smith uh johnny smith's new nelson aguilar aguilar kevin Bourne. i got out there and hunter henry's the only guy that i could just say was like plug and play yeah plug and play like yeah absolute sure. seamless um and, and that actually seems to be Mac Jones probably, you know, you know, that's his binky. That's true. It is what it is. But it is. well, every here's what I'm going to say. Every quarterback should have one. Yeah, every quarterback absolutely. Does tight end one. typically for younger Brady quarterbacks. Bronk, is, Mahomes yes. and Kelsey Jones 100%. and uh, uh, Hunter Henry. I'm going to give you uh, two of 2021 stats uh, here. His total 2021 season stats. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a peek as mentioned earlier um, with Tua and the McDaniel offense, the 49ers style. I'm going to go over that a little bit here. So 13 games played Tua was 263 of 388 for 67.8% completion percentage. He finished the year with 2,653 yards passing 16 passing touchdowns with a 4.1% touchdown percentage, 10 interceptions with a 2.6% interception uh, percentage. 
The longest pass of the season, 65 yards. His yards per pass attempt, this is where we get a little more on the conservative side. 6.8 adjusted yards per pass attempt, though. It was along the range of 6.5, some of the most conservative passing in the league. His yards per, uh, excuse me, yards per completion, 10.1. Passing yards per game. This is where Tyreek was brought in to try to help with this. 204 yards. So 204 yards. It's not going to win you football games, unfortunately, unless your defense is stout. QBR rating, a quarterback rating 90.1. So respectable, sacked 20 times, like I mentioned, 152 yards lost on those, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you might be saying, you're looking at this, Tua is known as what type of quarterback, Sean? Everybody says this is one of his best things that he does. He's just what? I'm 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 sorry. I I'm at a loss accurate. for words. Uh, I, He's I an accurate it, quarterback. I wouldn't call it that, but um, yes, no. But this is definitely something someone uh, like you know uh, Tyreek said, even though he has never played a game with him. Well. There's there's yin and yang to it, right? Listen, mm-hmm. I, I'm when we brought Tyreek in, I was very very happy with it. He's a he's a very good yak guy. Obviously, Bills fans know that since he constantly does it to their defense because they just stick to zone all the time. They don't change anything. So unless Tyreek's, you're playing the Patriots, right? <laughs> um, so he he does a very good job with yards after catch. Jalen Waddle was the blanket that Tua had. Um, he didn't. He had a little bit of with Gasicki, but his blanket was Jalen Waddle in 2021. And Waddle, I mean, Waddle is just a versatile receiver. He's an insanely talented receiver. The best one to come out of the 2021 draft, in my opinion. And you can fight me on it. He set a Miami, uh, actually, he set an NFL rookie catch record. He beat Anquan Bolden's record in 16 games, by the way, because he was missing one game. So suck on that. But when I look at this, what is the bread and butter of the San Francisco passing game? Well, it's intermediate throws, right, Sean? Yeah, I think uh, we know something about that. We we, we kind of watch it happen, you know, start in New England, moved on from New England. Um, Kyle Shanahan, he, he's been around since the Redskins days. You know, his dad was in the league for a long time. It's a, It's the same thing. Run the ball, run tough opens up the passing game, hit the seams. Now, this is, uh, I pulled this from a Yahoo Sports article that was from back in April. It was actually titled, Is Tua Tagovailoa Good? Yes, no, maybe. I'm going to read an excerpt here and just give people a little bit of context. So this talks, we mentioned Tyreek Hills here, yards after catch, that's Mm -hmm. the 49ers bread and butter. I'm going to read an excerpt here uh, when it comes to some of the things when we look at, you know, Tua in this offensive style. So here we go. So, and if McDaniels brings the 49ers passing game approach to Miami and an approach highly reliant on the quarterback delivering accurate short throws to playmaking pass catchers, Tua is going to have to be far better on intermediate attempts than he was last year. The reason being is because Tua was the worst quarterback in 2021 on throws of 11 to 19 air yards. So 11 to 19 air yards. Very specific, but that's important. Yes. In fact, 
this is I'll, I'll give you a little bit of information now weeks uh you know he had a good span there from week six to 13 he played really well but here's what we're looking at his this is from the 11 to 19 air yards so this is that 49er style of passing offense he had a 41.9% completion rating on attempts between 11 and 19 air yards. He was, this is, and I quote, dead dog last in the NFL in 2021, worse than Zach Wilson, worse than Sam Darnold, worse than everyone. His yards per attempt on those passes, 7.27, was among the lowest in the league, and to his combined completion rate overexpected in his first two NFL seasons, Point six ranks 25th a hair above Tyler Heineke and a tick below Jared Goff end of quote what what was that spanned uh for the 11 and 19 air yards what uh weeks were those oh weeks six through 13 we had a lot of softer games there the Saints we played the Jets and some of the other teams like that yeah yeah you know typically uh as a quarterback you're gonna play well against Detroit Chicago Cleveland Houston yeah, so I, I I think that's fair to say uh, most quarterbacks played well. If you didn't know, like uh, Mac Jones almost had a perfect game against Cleveland. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that makes sense. By the way, just to add context for all the Jimmy G haters out there, because I like Jimmy G. Obviously, he's got some questionable mental and physical <sighs> toughness issues out there. Yeah. From Patriot fans. Just alike. ask Julian. Yes. But I'm going to read again. This is from the same article from uh, Yahoo Sports. This is where, and I quote, this is where Jimmy Garoppolo, for all his warts, excelled. Only Joe Burrow had a better completion rate on intermediate tosses than Jimmy G in the 2021 regular season. An incredible 34.2% of Garoppolo's passing yards came on those attempts. He played it to Debo Samuel. He played to George Kittle and others in those possessions that were yards after catch guys. So. What does that tell us, Sean? Well, that's the whole reason that Tyreek was brought here is because mm-hmm. he's the safety guy. He's the blanket. He's the security. Tyreek's going to get yards. That's just a fact because he's the fastest guy in the NFL. That's just a fact. Waddle's going to hopefully break open and get free. Maybe that with his chemistry with Tua. Maybe I think Waddle is going to be more of the deep ball guy and Tyreek's going to be more of the intermediate guy because of that kind of safety blanket thing there because don't forget that waddle can that that's understandable because i think like interexchangeably you could probably put one on the outside put one on the inside and one's going to get his yards so you kind of probably want to put the guy on the island that's the younger guy yeah if that were me personally i'd be like let me see jalen waddle beat you know, my best corner on the outside, I'll double him up. Which is who? Tyreek on the Which inside. Which is who? Yeah, exa- exactly. So <laughs> that, that I get. How come Butler? That's what I get. Let, let Jalen, let Jalen Waddle get his yards. I'm not letting Tyreek split me open the seams over the top. It, 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 I just won't let it happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. So all in all, before we jump back over to Mac Jones here, when I look at two statistics and when I look at the situation, yes. Okay. I'm going to put this out there right now. I do not believe that Brian Flores was actively trying to sabotage Tua's career. I think that's a tinfoil hat 
theory. I think that that's just a load of garbage. It's just whatever camp you believe in. I also don't believe that everything is to his fault. I think that there are a lot of issues this team has Mm -hmm. that maybe the previous regime was hopeful he could mask because he came from Alabama. He had a stellar career there. That's just a reality. Look at what the Chargers were hoping Herbert did. He masked a pretty atrocious offensive line. He put up great stats. They just couldn't win ball bad games. Coaching. Because of it. How about that? And bad, bad coaching. coaching. So let's just get that out of the way. What I came to the decision with when it comes to Tua Tagovailoa is that he is complicated. He has, in fact, PFF, your favorite website, has an evaluation tool that I don't know if you've seen it. It basically gives a projection of whether they believe a player is going to be elite, whether they're going to be a standard value, or whether they're going to be a bust. Okay? He has just as much in this of being of standard value, which is your Teddy Bridgewaters and guys like that, Jimmy Garoppolo's, as he does being a bust. It's a very complicated thing. Doesn't mean he's going to be a bust or either one. Maybe he could make that jump and be in the top 10, top 15. I don't know. But everything that I see, Sean, about Tua Tagovailoa is that there was just so many things going on that are within his control and with beyond his control that he can't help. What I will say is I don't care about OTA videos. I don't care how many times your trainer puts things out there to say that you're working hard Yeah, the world's slowest pass, which by the way, didn't work in his favor. The, the Miami's uh, the Miami Twitter folk did no favors for him on that very first pass to Tyree. Cause that was not a good ball. Wow. That, that was, was not bad. a good ball. It was bad. And they've put other things. See, this is why I'm saying head down, do the work. And when the pads come on and when you go out there under center, that's when we're going to find out just who Tua really is. Do I believe that Tua is going to put up better numbers this year than his last two seasons? Of course I do. Yeah. I think the biggest question, Sean, you know this, I've said this ever since 2020 because looking further into injury history, can the guy stay on the field? Can he stay healthy? I mean, we tried to beef up the offensive line. We got Teron Armstead, best left tackle in the game. We got Connor Williams to play center now. We've got, I mean, that's basically it. That's all we got. I mean, we haven't done much to address the line. It's still paper thin. Toronto Armstead's going to miss games. We're going to have to make up ground here. Can this staff bring some changes in? Can coaching do the job? They're banking on it. I don't know. Can Austin Jackson finish above a 49.9? Can he crack the coveted elite 50 rating? Yeah, I, I don't know. But to me, obviously, there's no excuses this season for Tua. I think he's got everything in the world he's going to have to put up. In my opinion, if he doesn't put up 4,200 yards plus, it's a failure of a season. If he stays healthy all 17 games, he's got to put up over 4,000 yards. So that being, let's just say before preseason, let's say before training camps all wrapped up and all that good stuff, just on the surface, based off of last year, based off the current roster at its health. What would you say? Just, just a rough estimate. Let's say yards, touchdowns, interceptions. What do you think he's going to do? Realistically. So I looked at his yards uh, from the last couple seasons. I've also taken into consideration the upgraded offensive line um, quarterbacks with some of those pieces like Teron Armstead, what they're able to put in there. 
average more yards per game mm-hmm. versus without. I really do believe that two is probably going to finish. If he stays where he's at, he could develop. He could get much better. I don't right. know. But if he stayed on the trajectory that he's at, he's probably going to finish with about 3,800 to 3,900 yards. So shy of 4,000. Right. Right in the range of about 24 to 26 touchdowns and probably be at 11 to 13 picks. Oh, okay. So it, if I gave a rough estimate, which I think I've said to you multiple times, you know, just yep. off air, 38, that, that's just 3, how many yards, yards I think he's yep. going to do because the guy hasn't even cracked, you know, 3,000, 3, right. <laughs> uh, right. 26 touchdowns. I, I think at minimum he's going to throw 14. That's just what we see. He, that's what he does. Um, 14 picks. This is just assuming like, you know, he stays in. See, that's um, the question. It, and, you know, I, Bill uh, says it. Pay homage to Bill. The best availability. You messed it up. Oh, look at that. <laughs> the best ability is availability. is availability. Until you. Yeah. So you're still anyhow. trying to get over the Celtics loss. Yeah, that that's probably it. <laughs> that's but what anyhow. it is. Anyways. But anyhow, um, the biggest points I just want to get across here, guys, is, you know, we're just looking at stats, um, you know, just giving a generalization of what we've seen that Tua has done. I, I, I'm going to be the first person to actually say it. I'm probably the biggest Tua apologist. And I, I'm a Patriots fan. When he came in, I was actually very happy for the Dolphins. I was like, wow, like this is a guy that actually has potential and everything. And it's been the same question marks consistently. He isn't on the field. He doesn't stay healthy. I don't, I don't, the eye test, I don't see it. And you know what? He's trumped the Patriots in the small sample size. Those are the few games he's won. You know, if you want to chalk that up to Brian Flores, knowing the team or, you know, the Patriots resetting, you know, whatever you want to call it, they still did it with Fitzpatrick. So I'm not calling that, that that's a, that's, Cap, all cap, like the kids would like to say. That's all cap right there. But I think when you're just looking in the AFC East, you know, these two quarterbacks came out of the same college. Okay. Same college. So when we look at the small sample size Mac Jones has done, he's done it in college. Okay. So just, just a run, like to run real quick through it. If you guys forgot, by the way, uh, Hertz. You know, that gay uh, d- d- Jalen you know Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. He also came from that college. You know, kind of funny how that works. Mac Jones was the third quarterback in that depth chart. 2020, 77.4 completion rating, 4,500 yards, 11.2 yards per attempt, 41 touchdowns, four interceptions. So even before that, 68.8 completion percentage. 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. He He's literally doing the same thing in the NFL. He He's he's scoring 20-plus touchdowns. He's throwing under 10 interceptions, and he's among the three highest in completion percentage. He's just a rookie. He slimmed down a little bit. Offense continuity, all those new players in the Patriots offense, there's potential. This is why I say with people, the team's going to go as far as Mac Jones takes them. 
Yeah. If, he's, if he makes, you know, just, just a small improvement, they're not going to be any better or worse. They're going to stay the same. Mac Jones making leap improvement. I think you could see the team, you know, progress, but he, I, I think he's just the same guy that we've seen in college and come through. And those are all the knocks I actually have on Tua is you're not there when they need you. You don't complete passes when it matters being pressured intermediate throws. We saw Mac Jones do that in small sample sizes is when it was a must win situation. Cowboys. He completed it. He completed it. He got them into overtime. He ultimately lost. Our defense was the problem. I think that's obvious. It wasn't because of that. Against Tom Brady and the Bucks, he kept them in the game. Guess what? Your rookie, he has no business being in those situations. Tua, Tua's offense has to complement him. I think that's what we see here. When he's under pressure, they're in trouble. They got to be able to run the ball, establish low yardage, completion percent he needs to be a high completion percent quarterback so if they're getting three four yards per carry initially he's got to be able to get that six that eight yard and then let's say they want to throw it about and kind of you know change it up on the next possession they're like hey let's rip open a play action he's got to be able to get a 10 you know at least create the threat you know, there's some question marks on that offensive line. He's got to be able to just make that quick throw, get it to his playmakers. He's got playmakers. He's got it in both the receiver positions. He's got it at tight end. If the running backs stay healthy, Tua can be good. He can be competent. It's up to him to stay healthy, make the quick throw, be accurate, be decisive. And I think Mac Jones, it's the same thing. The offense line, Pretty much the same thing. Wide receivers, maybe even slightly better with Devontae Parker and more continuity with the offense. And there isn't a whole lot I got to say um, with Projection, Mac Jones. What, what do you think he's going to finish 2022? Uh, Mac Jones, you know, th- this is a tough one because, you know, the, the homer, the fan in me, you know, th- he wants to get these crazy numbers. 44. 4,400. Um, I think he's going to do probably similar numbers to what Tom Brady did in that shortened season where you saw Jimmy Garoppolo play. I think you're going to see him make a little bit bigger plays. I think you're going to see that intermediate game kind of open up a little bit. I think they're going to figure out how to divide the ball with, you know, have Devontae Parker kind of take the the attention off Kevin Bourne. You're going to see Jacoby Myers, you know, have it a little opened up a little more for him. Hopefully Johnny Smith literally just breathes because that's better than what he did last year. I don't know what the hell he did last year, but that was God awful. Um, I I think the running backs are going to be even better. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, they drafted two guys. One I'm, I'm really Harris. I'm really high on, Um, you know, you, it's his, the world is his oyster. It, it, it's the shocking. If if the Patriots, you know, if they just blow it this year, hopefully it's not because of Mac, because he has all the potential in the world. I think with everything he's showing so far, he's just got to be the guy he's been. It's that simple. How confident are you Patriots are making the uh, playoffs? Uh, 60.5. 60.5% confident? 
Yeah. Okay. I, I think outside of injury. Yeah. I'm going to say um, I am 50% confident Miami will make the playoffs. And I, I think you flip a coin, one of them are in the playoffs. That's how I feel. They're both not going. Uh, probably not because the Bills. Yeah, they're both not going. So kind of to wrapping it up here today, of course, um, as we come to a close, um, ho- my whole thing about this is that hopefully with the improvements that have been made through free agency, through the draft, we can kind of see for Miami's sake and Tua's sake, we can get a solid run game going. We can open up the play action. We can open up the ability for Tua to make some of those uh, reads, have some additional time, not have to worry about as much pressure because he doesn't do that well under pressure to give him some more confidence with that. That's what this team is trying to do. Tyreek Hill is boosting and, and beefing him up. Excuse me. And, and just Patrick being able Mahone to home levels. Yeah. The guy's just, he's trying to be his hype man. He had him on his podcast. It needed to be said. And you've got the other players rallying around him. X has come out, you know, Mike McDaniel, the head coach, obviously more vocal than Brian Flores was about support um, and, or it's a new England culture kind of coach guy. Yeah. So uh, maybe down the line, we'll have a Brian Flores episode, but uh, I do think that if Miami can stay healthy uh, all around on the offensive side, like everybody's healthy, uh, at least the line is for the most part, I think Miami does have a shot. It's going to come down to, they're going to have to beat the bills. They're going to have to beat, Buffalo. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Um, the other AFC teams this year, there's a lot of stacked talent, as you know, in the AFC quarterback wise. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it goes. You're going to have to win probably double digit yeah, games, at least to be in the conversation for playoffs. I, I, think. I, I have to say the AFC East is probably the most competitive it's been in 20 years. Could be the Jets. 20 years. Because um, <laughs> what is that? Because what was it? Um, that Tom Brady guy, it was something like he had some ridiculous record against the Bills where it was like, like he's he a Bucks legend. 20 plus, I don't know who you're talking he had about. 20 plus wins <laughs> against the Bills. Only 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 player ever to have that against any team. Um just don't ask them to play in South Florida in December. And and, and here to actually here here's just a quick thing. Let's just say, you know, obviously we're playing in two different worlds from the time now to when Tom Brady entered the league. Yeah. I don't know if you know, there's like a list of players that actually came out in the draft when he was there that have been been long retired, maybe 10, 12 plus years, and yep. he's still playing. Defense was tougher. Offense wasn't as crazy back then. But here's just a rough estimate for people that even, ju- whatever you want to take with these numbers, you go ahead. Tom Brady had 296 completions. Mac Jones, 357. Okay. Tom Brady had 64.3 completion percentage. Mac Jones had 69. Um, nice. Passing yards. Mac Jones, 3,700. Tom Brady, 3,200. Yards per attempt. Mac Jones, 7.2. Tom Brady, 6.9. Passing touchdowns. 21 to both of them. Interceptions, Mac Jones 11, Tom Brady 14. It, it, it's just really interesting to see, like, you know, when you hear those comparisons, how you just roll your eyes, which I kind of 
want to stick my fingers down my throat when I hear it on Bleacher Report and I see it on ESPN. Oh, this guy, Mac Jones, he really reminds me of Tom Brady. I'm like, MJ10, trademarked. Shut up. Just let the guy be himself. Please just shut up. No one's ever going to be Tom Brady. It's never going to happen. Let the guy be him. But outside of that, um, I'm really excited to see what comes in preseason. Yes. We're going to have uh, some shows on our uh, our pre-build up for the games and then our after analysis. But I'm I'm really hyped. Maybe we're going to have a, you know, a live a live analysis of the actual game for the first regular season of the year. I don't know what's in the works. That's you it. Tell me, Buzz. Well, I, I am going to say this, Sean. Um Appreciate everybody giving us a listen. Of course, we are on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Instagram. You can find us and follow us there at those platforms and give us a like and a download and a follow and subscribe. Um, but I would say this. Uh, we do have a lot of things coming up. Of course, it's it's you know June, July time in the NFL. It's very much so a down period of time. The only thing on TV is baseball, for God's sakes. So um, as we get going, it gets closer to preseason. We are going to talk more about preseason. There's going to be more roster moves. You know, um, sometime later this month, teams do come back together. Vacations are over. There's going to be more to talk about. But I will say uh, we are going to have some guests on this season. We are going to have a lot of fun with it. We are going to be here every week of the season. Uh, we are going to make sure to do some live shows on YouTube. So if you're not over there, go ahead and subscribe. So you get notifications on that with some clips as well as full length episodes and whatnot. But at the end of the day, Sean, I think it's going to come down to this. Mac Jones is putting the team on his back. And in Miami, the team is rising to the occasion for Tua. I'll put it that way. Yeah, Tua's um, back's hurting. Mac Jones back is strong. That's how I feel. We can look at it that way, but I think <laughs> what we're going to do is we're also probably going to have another comparison at the end of the season where we'll really talk numbers because we're going to have hopefully two full seasons from each guy. When we look at it, I think it's going to be the tale of two different offensive styles and schemes. Obviously, Mike McDaniel, I I don't know what it's going to be like under him. We assume 49ers, maybe. Run pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Run maybe. Pro. But also, Sean, the new Madden's coming out pretty soon. So we are going to give our Madden reviews. We take franchise mode very seriously. Oh, yeah. Be on the lookout like for trade that every well. player on the roster that I don't like says one bad thing about the team. They're gone. I need everybody's first round pick so I can get these people that don't <laughs> hey, whoa, have... whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get rid of this and make some cap space. But uh, Sean, anything in closing you want to add? Uh, I, I just want to say, you know, you know, happy Independence Day and uh, hope everyone, uh, you know, just has a great time out there and hopefully we see the same light work go on the NFL from these two offenses, or it's going to be a uh, dreary season. That's for sure. Indeed. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll cut, uh, get back to you here next time. And again, YouTube, Instagram, Apple podcasts, and Podbean rivals of the East. Take care, everybody. Peace.